Hello everybody and welcome back to Beyond the INC, the podcast that is this week being recorded outside of India for security reasons. We've had a little bit of a break whilst the band have been polishing off their Latin American tour, but we're back now and with a vengeance. On today's show we'll be looking back at that tour and speaking to one of the band's South American fan representatives about their most successful tour of the continent to date. We'll catch up on some of the news that you might have missed in the last couple of weeks and we'll be running through your feedback to our feature last time about the band's love-hate relationship with reality TV pop stars. That's all coming up on today's Beyond the ANC. Actually, you know, Chris, before we get started, um, there is one thing that I keep getting asked whenever I talk to people at, at the shows or whatever. Yeah? Um, they all ask me, when are we going to bring back their favourite features from past podcasts? Yeah, I know what you mean. It's not been long since we last did Beardwatch, which a lot of people like. But it has been a very long time since we last did this. Richard took a day off from the Latin American tour to paint a large mural of his face on a building in Santiago's Bella Vista district. Beyond the Time then for some news, but this first item is actually something that we told you about exclusively months and months ago, right back on October the 29th. And I think we've got a clip from it here. Let's play that clip. And speaking of gigs, Keane's record label Island has announced a series of shows to celebrate their 50th birthday next year, May 2009. Yep, now no bands have actually been announced at the week-long celebration just yet, which is going to be held at London's famous Shepherd's Wish Empire. And now, as Chris said, no band's been announced, but we think it's a good bet that Keane will appear at some point. The Island Life Festival at West London's legendary Shepherd's Bush Empire has now been announced, and it's going to feature some of the label's greatest bands and artists. Keane have now been confirmed for Saturday, May the 30th, flying straight back from their gig in New York. They're going to be topping a very strong bill, with support from Ladyhawk, who Tim expressed a lot of admiration for when he was here in December, and 80s new wave band Tom Tom Club. Now, tickets are already on sale, priced at £37.50 and £45. And if this seems fairly steep, bear in mind that all profits will be going to charities, including Amnesty International. We'll see you there. And if you're planning to turn up and sit on the pavement to queue early, just remember how many drunken Australians have swaggered out of the walkabout next door and pissed all over the steps. You're a moral guardian, Andrew. I'm big-hearted. So, in other news, Keen are going to claim a world first on April 2nd when they take part in the world's first 3D concert webcast. So the band are going to be performing at the legendary Abbey Road Studios, which isn't far from us here in the squad, actually, is it? And it's going to be beamed around the world. We think this one's probably going to be more successful than that Christmas webcast that they did, as the visuals are going to be provided by 3D WizKids Inishin instead of the brutally unfunny James Corden. Probably for the best that that wasn't in 3D either. There would have been an epidemic of monitor punching, the likes of which Britain has never seen, and it would have wiped out most of the band's audience. Anyway, to enjoy the webcast as intended, you'll need to get hold of a pair of 3D glasses, like they had in the olden days, and these are being given away by Absolute Radio, who will also be broadcasting the show live. Although quite why a radio station would be the natural partner for this moment of visual broadcast history is a bit beyond us. You can also find a pair of 3D glasses inside each vinyl copy of the Better Than This single, which is in record stores now. Mine didn't have a pair, but never mind. Anyway, just before we move on, the band have added more dates to their touring calendar. Yep, they're going to be playing a short tour now of Japan, Australia and New Zealand in mid-April. And tickets for those shows are on sale now. Thank you, Andrew. They've also announced two brand new American dates, one in Anaheim on the West Coast and one in the quaint East Coast satellite town of Montclair. Again, tickets for both of these are on sale now via the website. Yep, go and buy. Spend that money. Is that Stim- everything? Stimulate that economy. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> is that everything, Andrew? <laughs> it is. Uh, that was this week's news. And last week's news. Beyond the The band's tour of Latin America has been considered a triumph, with the band pleasing some of their most dedicated fans and playing some of their best shows to date along the way. However, unlike with their tours of the UK, America and Europe, we don't often hear much about the shows from the people who were there. Apart from on the official blogs and so on. So I am absolutely delighted to say that we are now joined live by satellite, um, seriously, by one of the band's fan coordinators in South America, Monica. Hello, Monica. Hi, Monica. Hi guys. Hi, how are you guys? We're, we're very good, Hello. thank you. We we really hope this works. Um, I think there's there is a little bit of a delay. Yeah, me too. Between what we say and what we hear back from you. Maybe so, because of the distance. So, I think we'll, we'll try as hard as we can <laughs> to avoid a farce. Um, so, <coughs> basically, what we'll do is. Oh. We'll we'll wait a long time until after we've had your answer. So there may be some long pauses, but we'll we'll get there in the end. We are still here. So Monica, tell us uh, tell us whereabouts in South America you're from. Well, I'm uh, from Santiago of Chile, the the end of the earth actually. <laughs> from Santiago of Chile, a very sunny and beautiful city today. Um, I'm, here. I'm going to be honest, actually. I mean, that's sort of like, like faux naivety because I have, I have met you in Santiago um, earlier on last year. Um, it's a beautiful, exactly. beautiful city. Um, and how, how much are you um, involved with the band's um, sort of people in South America? Uh, well, um, actually, I have been a Kim fan, if you mean that, since 2004. The first song that I listened to. It was somewhere on the window, of course. I clearly remember that. It was in May of that year. It was a very cold night. I was leaving university around midnight. I got to my friend's car, turned on the radio, and the sun was there. It was like a very um, unusual way to, to meet a band. I don't even, didn't even know the name of the band, but I got like hypnotized by the music and the lyrics. And you were hooked so from then onwards. That was the moment. Yeah, of course. It's actually, I didn't know the I, I didn't know the name of the band at that time. So I got um, to my home. I dialed. I, I went to Google. I, draw, I I wrote down the the lyrics that I remember. That was that line that I'm getting old and I need something to rely on. That was what really caught my attention. Mm. And I found that it was keen. And since then, I'm I'm a fan. <laughs> it's difficult to be a fan from here, but. I'm a fan. Yeah. How many times have you seen them play now? No, eight times. Eight, eight. times when I first... Eight. Wow. Actually, it sounds like a lot for a Latin American fan, yeah. But first time that I met them was in Amsterdam in 2006. I had keen schedule to have the chance to see them. So I saw them in Amsterdam. Afterwards, I went. I was lucky enough to go to the London Astoria gig as well. And uh, last time in 2000, 2007, here in Latin America, I attended the uh, Brazil gigs, uh, both in Sao Paulo and the Rio's one, twice in Santiago. and. Uh, the last one in Buenos Aires some days ago. Given given that the band only play one gig in, in Chile per, per album, um, so far that is, do you find it harder to be a fan of the band seeing them so infrequently in your in your home country? 
absolutely. It's harder and uh, obviously if one gig is not enough for you, it's definitely more expensive. Mm. Actually, it's something that you need to go to travel abroad more, but well, it's a problem of living, living here, but I accept it. It's a, a nice problem to have, some people would say. Um, how 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 do the people that you know in in well Chile, but also also in the rest of the continent, um, how do they compensate for not actually getting to see the band live? During the year, at least here in Chile, and I know that in, in that in Brazil and Argentina and Colombia and Venezuela, at least in here we uh, meet together all the King fans at least once a month. Wow. Just to share experiences. Um, we meet, I don't know, on a park, on a house, whatever. Just to share, just to be involved. At the end, we uh, end, uh, ended up being friends more than just fans that got together to talk about the band. So we usually have events, uh, parties. Here in Chile, we organized a lot of parties. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it sounds... Uh, the, it sounds like you have a lot more of a, a, a bond together than than fans in other countries sounds very sociable yeah actually well the thing is that uh when you are a fan of a band like keen it's like you um in a country like a latin american country actually um in uh, english music or anglo music is very uh it's very well received but it's not the normal okay so when you find people that love the same music as you that have the same feeling for the same band, it's, it's like that. We organize, well, actually here in Chile, we have a group that's called Indie Music Chile. It's a big group that, and we are like associated, we can say, with different uh, group of fans from, I don't know, Readyhead, Placebo, Oasis Blur, all the British bands groups uh, or fans in here. And we organize uh, parties together. So in just one more one party, you can have like an, I don't know, a Britpop, night full of keen full of all the bands that we love and that is what we're doing here actually so, it so, sounds there. pretty good Just i would going. love to go yes, to that actually. yeah you need to we'll, next we'll, time we'll i come invited on. you you have to come <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll come on over um do you think it's this sort of bond together that makes the makes the fans in south america sort of more more enthusiastic about the band when they when they actually come and play live it's that sort of that pent-up aggression almost you know (laughs) yeah i think that that is one of the reasons and uh, also is the reason that well we know uh for sure that they are not going to come back very soon you know so every time that they played in here we're trying to enjoy like every minute since the arrival till the departure it's just that and we are not like uh king fans just when they come to the city to play it's something that is all year long like all the year just preparing ourselves for the next gig or the next king experience wow we can call it it i I think it's i think it definitely makes you appreciate it more if you know that it's it's your last chance in a while um i think one of my um one of my favourite bits of um, uh, like a live DVD is: um, Have you ever seen the the Coldplay live uh, DVD that they filmed in in Sydney in Australia? And there's uh-huh. this uh, there's this this one point where where Chris Martin just implores the the fans to to sort of stand up and and join in with a song because um, he tells them <laughs> that they're not going to be back in this neck of w- the woods for for a long time. 
and it's that sort of feeling mm-hmm. that that people have to enjoy it because they're not going to have the chance again for a while exactly we live with that as like like with that sentiment or emotion every day no, because for us, I don't know, maybe it's the distance. Maybe, well, you have a lot of chances to see, see Kim, but when you don't have that chance, you create like this special bounce. And uh, it's good to know that the band realized that. I mean, they always talk about Latin American fans in a special way, and that's great. It's mm. like very rewarding for us, you know? You know that they, they think of you as, as something special. Oh, yeah, I know. And it's... That's the reason, actually. We enjoy every minute. We are passionate. We are mm. naturally passionate. But, well, you, if you have two days uh, to enjoy Kim, you're going to enjoy them mm. since they arrived. Giving them presents, I know. You know, it's like they come here and they know. I think that Beth uh, this time wrote like an extra bag just for the presents. You know, it's like Christmas time. So uh, it's everything involved. Huh? Um, what what kind of presents would you recommend Chris and I should should give to the band? Because we, we gave them we gave them a t-shirt once, but I've never seen them wearing it. Have you, Chris? No, and I remember we gave Tim a book, but he he left it. Yeah, um, we, we, really? we yeah we we, we we give him these things, and I'm actually looking at them now because they're underneath Chris's piano. Um, so, what what do you think we should what do you think we should give to the band to, that they will appreciate next time that we have the chance? To appreciate, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually I'm not sure if they take took the presents back to England. I'm, I'm certain <laughs> they do. That. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I, I don't know, but, but at least uh, a couple of special presents that we gave them. For instance, it was I, I don't know if you had seen some of the pictures of the Santiago's gig, but Tom uh, is wearing a hat. It's like a Chilean hat. We gave them. That, okay. that had to to him, and he wore it, so it worked. At present worked because he used it. It was nice, or a flag. The flag you cannot give them the English flag. It's well, not going not? to be important. I don't know what else. Maybe chocolates. <laughs> I don't know. A chocolate <laughs> hat that... with a Union Jack on. It's it's sorted yeah. now. That 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 would be. And <laughs> they could eat that chocolate on the stage. That would be better. <laughs> we, we've got to work on this. We, I think we we've got to come up with some something that the British can can give. Um, we'll 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 have yeah. a think about it. So, talk us through some of the you went to you went to the Santiago show and and to Buenos Aires. Is that right? Exactly. I went to the Santiago gig and afterwards to Buenos Aires as well. So I I, I understand you had sort of you had some really special experiences while you were there. Um, talk talk to us about the the Santiago gig first. Well, first of all, the Santiago gig. Well, it was special because obviously it's my it's my home and you know the gig in here was um, I don't know a hundred percent emotion. It was absolutely great uh, the emotion on that room was i don't know everyone like bound for the same feeling it was amazing but before the show itself i had the chance to attend the sound tra- the sound check mm-hmm. actually and i think that that is the memory that's going to remain on my head for i don't know many years from now on so um, well, how, um, here- how did that uh, how did that come about was it an invitation from from a while ago or tell, tell us a bit about that well, the thing is that 
Well, this time, uh, Kin uh, visiting Chile was a little bit different from the last time because this time they were hired by a production company here. So they organized like a lot of uh, contests with magazines and radios. So that was supposed to, to be a sound check only for the winners of the contest. But, but here in Chile, well, in 2004, <laughs> um, me and a friend started the King Chile group. It's, it was like the first uh, King fans club in the world, I think. And uh, we have a very great relationship with people in there. So they gave us uh, four invitations for the sound check. So in that sound check, there were like, I don't know, 20 people. 16 contest winners and only four real and diehard fans of Kim. Okay, so that's that's how I, I, you, I you stood got. out. Yeah, I was invited. <laughs> and well, the thing is that the soundtrack started, they played spiraling for all the people in there. And uh, Tom was not feeling very good. He was like a sore throat or something. So he told us that it was going to be only one song. And suddenly, I, I don't know why, I requested him to play to the end of the earth uh, that night at the show. And, she, um, and he played it immediately for us. So it was like, I don't know. I think about it and I still like, feel like, wow, yeah. I cannot believe it. Yeah, wow. they played for us. See, and, I, I, and those I think, are things um, that... Hmm? I think a lot, well, uh, you know, some people might not be aware that, that obviously the... The band never came and toured Hopes and Fears in South America. They they, mm. they didn't come until they'd recorded two albums. So a lot of things that, you know, when Chris and I look back, the, the things we've seen them play, uh, I, I can remember seeing them play um, To the End of the Earth um, <coughs> with a special video projection when they were touring this time, but f- five years ago, almost this month. Um, but this, you know, this was the kind of thing that you, ne- you never got to see it properly. So this was, was that the first time you'd ever seen them play To the End of the Earth? Yeah, it was the first time. It was the first time, and it was special. Sadly, uh, there were only three more people in there that I wanted to be. Uh, I would love that moment to be shared with, I don't know, all the real fans in here, but mm. it didn't happen. Yeah, it, it was a good chance. Um, maybe that was a reason, all, all, because he played it. Uh, sadly, they didn't come for the come uh, for the Hobson Fierce tour. Uh, they were supposed to come. Actually, we have so we had some dates are uh, like ninety percent confirmed by Universal Music, but they started or they got success in the U.S. and we were left, <laughs> passed over until uh, under guidance. Yeah, and now okay. now um, now of course you um, the band consider South America more important than the North. You know they've already been to South America and they've not played played a tour at all in in North America. So you know it's kind of a role reversal. Yeah, but I think that that is most of all because every time that they come here, I don't know, I think or I feel that they get like a special kind of energy coming down to, to South America or Mexico. It's because what you said before, it's because the audiences in here are like more loud, I don't know, more uh, excited uh, through all the geek and everything. It's something that they don't get anywhere else. So maybe it's that. It's important because they need to feel that. Mm. I mean, they are musicians, but 
I'm sure that for them it's important to hear, I don't know, in Argentina, 14 or 15,000 people like uh, singing their hearts out on a song, you know? So uh, this was the, the, the Buenos Aires show you're talking about with, with 15,000 or so. I mean, tell, tell yeah. us a little bit about that because that, it's, it sound, sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was actually. Um, well, uh, it was like uh, I don't know how to to, to, to say it in just one word. Maybe it was full of. Uh, it was like hysterical. Like all the people, sh- I don't know, yelling, shouting, uh, pushing. It was like <laughs> I don't know all the Latin American vibe. Actually, I, I still have some bruises do, from do that you, concert. Do you, think, do you think we would have survived <laughs> if we'd have been in the middle of there? Do you think we'd have I come don't out okay? Think so. I don't think so. I think that you should be uh, used to attend that gig in Latin America to, to feel that. I mean, the problem, actually, there was like a kind of uh, uh, a problem in the organization in the Buenos Aires show, because all the people in the front were like guys. Guys, men got into the stadium before, so for us, uh, it was... I don't know. They were pushing women to be in front. I don't know why, but it was special. The vibe in there was like very loud, and they enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot. Sounds incredible. I I would have a big line of men at the front. That would be fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, for you. I'm I'm not gay. (laughs) For us, I'm really no. I'm not into all of that. But but no, that that sounds pretty cool. In a heterosexual kind of way, the Buenos Aires gig was um, was on the date of um, of Tom's birthday. So, was there anything special going on because of that? Yeah, well, actually, oh well, during the gig, all the people started singing the happy birthday to him. He joked about it, about well, you can listen to to that moment. Actually, the show is online somewhere. And uh, the next day, because the show was the seventh, the bird was the eighth. The eighth, uh, well. In the, we were oh, all the people. Uh, I didn't was there actually, but I saw some videos that uh, when they arrived uh, from I don't know uh, a trip or no, they were just doing some sightseeing. Uh, people was was there full of balloons and 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 birthday uh, hats and started to uh, like a big party. Uh, it was like a I don't know ten minutes thing, but that night. Uh, they were celebrating inside, of course. At night, uh, I was there, and uh, suddenly Richard came out, came out, uh, and offered a birthday cake, Tom's birthday cake, to all the people in there. So it was, that was nice. That was special. Actually, <laughs> that's brilliant. That's very cool. Yeah, eating. Yeah, I don't know. Tom Chaplin's birthday party. That was. I don't know. It's strange. So, are you looking forward to when the band... Well, this is a silly question, really. I mean, how... (laughs) Does this make you want to see the band more away from South America? Or would you rather... Would you rather wait for these sorts of special gigs at home? Um, about that? Well, actually, I just want to stick in. I don't... I don't care where, you know? special to see them in your own land with the people that you that you love your friends i don't know but i have i have this chance to see them everywhere it's going to be special for me anyway you know i have seen them in europe and uh, the audience is different but i enjoy the show just as uh, if i was in here 
well, I think that, I think that's almost everything, Chris. Do you want to wrap that up? Yeah, thanks a lot for joining us, Monica, and we're really happy for you and everyone in Latin America who had such a great time on this tour. I think it's really genuinely affecting hearing how how good a time you've had, and um, I think it you know it really shows through whenever you speak to anybody who was there just how much fun they had. Yeah, actually, I tell you again, you are absolutely invited for the for the next time. So you have my my details. You can call me. You can come. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. <laughs> you need Monica. to we'll leave the experience in here, okay? We'll um we'll ask uh we'll ask the band if we can we can tag along with them, hide in their suitcase. That would be <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> okay, well, thank, okay thanks again, Monica. We'll speak to you soon. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Before the start of the tour, Tim decided to show his passion for South America by getting a Brazilian wax on his back. We had a great response to the last podcast when we talked about the band's inconsistent stance on reality TV pop. Yep, one minute they're slating them, the next minute they're chatting with them on their website. So we said we'd give the floor over to you guys this time, so here are just two of the many emails we've had on the subject. The first one is from Ingo. Keen is playing the big game, and I don't really know how much integrity they have over their promotional work. They have ringtone flyers in their releases, and when they do an album, they have to do the same promo routine as any other artist that gets sold in a record store or on iTunes. There is no difference in the work they do compared to the work that a reality TV band does, and that includes miming on TV shows. They should know the business by now and shut up. Of course it's hard seeing a casted, untalented, computer-manipulated act sell more records than they do. But when I attended the last Keen concert in Cologne, I saw the main difference to those other cats. Their demographic is unlimited. I saw people of every age, every gender, every sexual orientation and religion, all singing and knowing their tunes. A casting band has the sole purpose of sucking money from kids and teenagers. To quote David Byrne, same as it ever was. It's not a new phenomenon. I think the main problem that Keane, and especially Tim, have in an interview situation is their moodiness. If they have a bad day and they're grumpy, they should be as professional by now as to have a, an answering catalogue memorised, like any other act out there, and to not bash people that sit in the same boat as they do. Mm, well, thanks for that, Ingo. There's some pretty thought-provoking stuff there. We've had a qualified defence of the band here from a regular listener, Emily. Is it fair to say that Keane have been hypocritical when it comes to the manufactured pop stance and celebrityisms? Yes. Although, is it fair to say that people can have a change of heart and change of mind, especially in acceptance of something one wants to, especially in acceptance of something one wants detested? Yes. Do I think they should stay away from American Idol, X Factor, Survivor, Big Brother, etc.? Well, that's their choice to make. If they feel that is where they belong and the shows they should be, if they feel that that is where they belong and the shows they should be doing, then that is their decision. And yes, they have the ability to say no if it is a matter of a label asking them to compromise their integrity by doing a show that is completely contradictory to their musicianship and their beliefs. And I do think it's silly to bash something one minute and then find yourself in the midst of it the next. This is the reason why I do my best to keep my mouth shut, although I'm not always successful. Karma can be such a pain in the ass. Moreover, this is why I can't stand the word hypocrisy. We've had this discussion so many times, and I'll say it again. We are all contradictory and hypocritical at some point in our lives. We all have life-changing events that alter the way we view things from time to time. 
Suffice it to say, I accept the fact that I, too, am a hypocrite. It is the truth, and I don't know of any one human being, living or dead, that can argue they aren't. It is just not possible, and if anyone tells you they aren't, they are a liar. Point blank. Well, thanks, Emily. It's uh, very interesting to hear other people's opinions, so keep them coming. Yes, correspondence on this remains open, and we'd love to hear some, you know, some counterpoints to these. So keep sending your thoughts in to mailbox at beyondtheinc.com. After enjoying such a great birthday in Buenos Aires, Tom had an Argentinian flag tattooed on his inner thigh. Beyond the That's almost all for this week's show, but before we go, we've just got time for this. Beardwatch. Hello and welcome to Beardwatch. There is no beard news at this time. See you again soon. There, glad we did that. Please do feel free to speak to us via the usual channels. They are the email address, mailbox at beyondtheinc.com. We're always eager to please, so don't hesitate when it comes to contacting us. Next time, who knows what we'll have in store, but I imagine we'll be talking three dimensions and looking forward to the band being on the other side of the world. Again. So, until then, from both of us here, goodbye.